You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful. You are now locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. It is Wednesday, April 21st, 2021, and it is time for a double dose of midweek mocks here on your daily home for news, notes, and analysis infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Happy Hump Day, Patriots Nation, and thank you for joining me here on this Wednesday episode of the pod. My name is Mike DeBate, your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, comments, and feedback are always welcomed, very much appreciated. So share that feedback and send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And while you're out there doing some Wednesday wandering through the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Patriots fans, twice the treat for you here today, as we are now just one week and one day away from the start of the 2021 NFL Draft. A lot of prognostications out there regarding what the Patriots will do. And on today's episode of the pod, we have a double dose of midweek mocks, courtesy of my friend and colleague Hal Bent of FullPressCoverage.com. And I'm truly honored to call Hal a colleague. He's one of the best in the business at breaking down offensive and defensive strategy. And he's quite the aficionado when it comes to draft analysis. And he'll prove that today. When it comes to determining the Patriots draft strategy, Hal takes us in a little bit of a different direction. But make no mistake about it. Hal knows the Patriots have needs at a lot of positions other than just the signal caller. And he addresses those needs by selecting a great number of players that we've yet to discuss here on Locked On Patriots. And I know you're all waiting patiently for Hal's wisdom and counsel. He will join us here on the hot seat in just a moment. But you've heard me talking all week long about the ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented to you by Odyssey Sports and by the Locked On Podcast Network. Folks, this has been a tremendous success thus far. Getting the opportunity to work collaboratively with all of the great hosts we have across the Locked On Podcast Network has been a blast. It was great last year. It's even better this year, folks. Draft picks and analysis from over 75 experts in the industry, including those from Odyssey Sports and the insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network, your local experts, myself included. It really is the most comprehensive mock draft available. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on Apple Podcasts so that you'll be sure to download all six episodes. But today, you may want to pay close attention because your New England Patriots are on the clock at number 15. And yours truly, with the number 15 pick selected, well, I'm not going to tell you just yet. Of course, after you listen to Locked On Patriots today, be sure to follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on Apple Podcasts and check out what yours truly had in store for the New England Patriots at Pick 15, along with insider analysis from my colleague Brian Peacock, host of the Locked On 49ers podcast, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, and Andy Gresh of WEEI weigh in on my choice for the New England Patriots with the number 15 pick in the 2021 Ultimate Mock Draft brought to you by Odyssey Sports and the Locked On Podcast Network. But my insight and opinion is only one in a sea of mock drafts and analysis all over sports media right now. 
And again, here today on the pod, lending not one, but two prognostications for the Patriots when it comes to next Thursday is my good friend Hal Bent of FullPressCoverage.com. Here, Hal's thoughts on the original installment and the sequel of Full Press Patriots Mock Drafts when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. But first, Locked On listeners, today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and they're fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. The ring from Platt Boutique is amazing. It's so simple and clean, but the vintage details are just incredible. It's a perfect little ring that's so timeless and would make the perfect gift. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 That's T-E-N-B-Y-T-E-N. Only at BlueNile.com. Sports fans, we've all heard the phrase, often imitated but never duplicated. Only the best can provide the best, am I right? Well, the only ones that can provide the best, healthy, low-calorie, and delicious treats to satisfy all of your snacking needs are the ones who provided the best in the first place. That's right, I'm talking about Built Bar, and no one can do it like they do it. 100% real chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and Built Bar is available in a multitude of delicious flavors, including the undisputed Built Bar Madness Champion Coconut Brownie Chunk, available right now for a limited time. And remember, as delicious as they sound, Built Bar is also low-calorie and low-sugar. But wait, they're also high-protein and high-fiber. No crazy additives, half the calories of their most popular competitors, and get this, 7 times fewer carbs, 7 times fewer grams of sugar, and more protein. So don't delay, do it today. Prepare your taste buds for WOW and make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Don't forget, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Patriots fans, my guest today is someone I am so proud to call a colleague. He is one of the best you will find anywhere at analyzing offensive and defensive strategy. But he's also a pretty good draft strategist as well, and you'll see that today. He is a writer covering both the New England Patriots and the NFL for Full Press Coverage Patriots and the BostonSportPage.com. He is my good friend, Hal Bent. Hal, thank you for joining me today. Welcome back to the Locked On Patriots podcast. Mike, it's always an honor to be on with you um, and so excited to be talking about the draft here as it's coming up. It's just uh, with the Patriots this high, it's, it's a rare occurrence. So it's, uh, it's like this one's extra special. Absolutely, bud. Honor and privilege, all mine. How we are a week and a day away from the start of the 2021 NFL Draft. And uh, our good mutual friend Steve Balistrieri joined me here yesterday on the pod. And we both agreed that the phrase, just over a week away, 
It's kind of like saying so close, but so far away. It's close enough where you can see it, but too far away where you're like, all right, I just need it to get here already. <laughs> the anticipation just continues to grow. We continue to take a deep dive into our prognostications on the Patriots' potential plans here on Locked On Patriots, but... Hal, you've been a mock draft machine over at Full Press Patriots, uh, providing some amazing insight and interesting directions for the Pats to take. Folks, if you haven't had a chance to do it yet, please check out Hal's great mocks. They're available at fullpresscoverage.com slash patriots. So, bud, let's get right down to it. Uh, your mock draft 1.0 has the Patriots making a pick at number 15. Uh, they're taking wide receiver Jamar Chase out of LSU. And... Again, uh, Chase definitely has clear star potential. He's one of my favorite receivers in this class. I'm not so sure if I agree with him being there at 15, but I do like this pick an awful lot. Um, you also have the Patriots double-dipping, going back into the wide receiver pool, taking Amari Rogers at 96. And the Clemson wideout has been the subject of much praise here on Locked On Patriots. I've sung his praises. Guests like Thomas Murphy, Evan Lazar, to name a few, had a lot of great things to say about Amari Rogers. Again, at 96, might be a little lofty thinking. I'm thinking he's coming off the board there. Before I get too far into analyzing this one, what made you do the double dip at wide out here, Hal? I mean, you know, double dipping at wide receiver in, in this draft, um, I mean, wide receiver and cornerback are just so overloaded. It's, it's almost impossible not to hit at that position multiple times. No, I mean, I, for one, would love to see this happen. And I think most Patriots fans would as well. If you tell me at the end of the draft that the Patriots came away not only notching Jamar Chase, but also Amari Rogers, I don't know of anybody that wouldn't consider that a win, but... Again, maybe lofty thinking, but that's why we do mock drafts here all over, not just on Locked On Patriots, but all over. Hal, you also dipped into the trade market a little bit. You had the Pats packaging the number 46 pick to the New Orleans Saints. In exchange, the Patriots received the 60th pick, as well as pick number 98 and 118. You used that 60th pick to select USC defensive end Jay Tufele, and I think this is a good pick as well, someone that can really thrive in that 3-4 system at the defensive end position, uh, the type of player that the Patriots like to employ. So, how you filled some needs for the Patriots all over the board. You included a couple of offensive linemen before hitting that number 120 mark. You've got some defensive reinforcements at corner and at linebacker a little bit later. Hal, as you compiled your Mock Draft 1.0, were you looking more for the best available talent? Were you following a pre-draft agenda? And which of these picks do you believe has the chance to be the best New England Patriot in 2021 and beyond? Well, I mean, as far as the strategy, you know, um, as I did at the beginning of all of the mock drafts, you know, we kind of just outline what are the team needs. And, and we know after free agency, there were a lot that were filled, uh, you know, getting Dante Hightower back, Kyle Van Noy returning to the fold. You know, there, there's, there's players coming back. There's, you know, players being signed. Um, Nelson Aguilar, uh, born at wide receiver as well. So even with some of that, um, you know, players coming in there's still needs at some of those positions as well so it was trying to break it down and as i go through the mock drafts i you know those um those rankings as far as what the needs are go up and down i mean julian edelman before he retired and maybe he was going to play um all of a sudden wide receiver now that he is retired is a is 
bumping up a little bit more as we get closer to the draft as, you know, this is something that really is a need. But I, I tried to, um, you know, as I said, you know, get my inner Belichick going and, and really look at not just 2021, but, you know, the needs for the team in 2022. Offensive tackle, um, you know, Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn may not be here next year. Safety, how long is Devin McCourty going to continue to play? Cornerback, uh, you've got two great ones right now with Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. But again, are either one of them going to be on the team next year? We don't even uh, know at this point um, because those contract situations are so fluid right now. They're both uh, expiring here at the end of the year. So it's kind of looking at the draft, looking at what they need on, on paper right now, for this team this year, but with that Belichick, um, you know, the advantage that he has of being there for 20 years and knowing how long he wants to be there and pretty much not having to worry too much about losing his job, he can take that, you know, that two, that three-year longer view that, you know, a lot of the general managers just don't have that leash and and they're playing for this year to win this year or else they're out the door. So that that factors into it as well um, as far as the picks. And and there's a big need. We're not going to, you know, they're obviously not going to hit every need in the draft and there's, there's only so many picks and you know as i went through these mocks you know uh trading up trading down accumulating picks jumping around the board i mean that's a very belichickian thing to do um you know try to get as much ammunition as he can to you know jump up a few spots when he needs to to get somebody um that's that's really a fit and and that's part of it as well is um you know not just looking at these players but looking at these players as they're a fit for the types of players that belichick has drafted over the last 20 years he's kind of left the blueprint and you know as we start hearing from, you know, whether it's a, you know, former front office or a former head coach or, or Belichick disciples and looking at their drafts and their comments as well, you kind of see the, the shape of, you know, what type of players they've been bringing in and is that evolving this year? And, you know, um, a lot of it comes down to, you know, You've, you've got to get the right players, not just for the present, but, you know, for next year and the year after. Um, and that first mock draft 1.0, I'll tell you, um, <laughs> I look at it now, and it was just a couple of weeks ago. Chamachi, he's not going to be there at 15. Come on. You know? <laughs> Amari Rogers at 96. Hey, you know, I'd be lucky if he's there at 46 at this point right now. At so, this point, you're right. Uh, you know, I mean, he's flying up the boards on the mock drafts that I see. And, um, you know, and, and that's what makes it so interesting as well is that, you know, just the, the evolution of the, the you know, the drafts and, and where people are going. And, and this year, especially with the, the quarterbacks, um, so much talent at quarterback in this draft. And, you know, whether they're worthy of a top five pick or not, you know, we're going to see very likely four uh, quarterbacks in the top five, maybe five in the top 10, um, which is just a, just a bonanza. But again, it shows what that position is and why that's a position of need. And uh, for the Patriots as well, with no more Tom Brady, uh, that's a position that you've got to look at. And, you know, uh, all this rampant speculation, you know, 
Do they move up from 15? Is it, you know, is it feasible? Is Belichick going to pull the trigger and give up multiple first round picks? Because San Francisco's kind of established, you know, what the cost is going to be if you're going to move up to get a quarterback here in this draft. And it is definitely not cheap. Oh, absolutely. It is not cheap. And folks, we will be discussing the quarterback position when it comes to Hal's drafts, because it definitely garnered some attention throughout the past couple of weeks, buddy. And uh, you know exactly what I'm referring to, but I'm not going to steal your thunder. I'm going to let you answer that question. But getting back to your uh, mock draft 1.0, I thought you had some intriguing selections between the 110s and the 140s. And um, a couple of them stood out to me. Obviously, at 114, you had the Patriots going with guard Deontay Brown. I think uh, this is uh, an interesting, uh, intriguing pick. I know he struggled at the Senior Bowl. You mentioned that in your mock, but there is a lot of size there. um, And the ability to get up into the athletic type of offensive lineman that the Patriots would need him to be. He's huge. He's a mauler, to use your words. And I think that he's a work in progress, but someone that the Patriots could indeed, uh, you know, utilize to the best of their ability and maybe a little bit of uh, tutelage in that Patriots offensive line would be just what he needed. Uh, Another one that intrigued me was at number 139, Monty Rice, linebacker out of Georgia. We talk so much about the Patriots looking for that gem linebacker in the draft. And I know Monty Rice uh, is uh, an an inside linebacker. You expect him to compete with guys like Juwan Bentley, Anthony Jennings, even Raekwon McMillan, who you mentioned in your piece uh, along the inside. This is a kid that does have a lot of versatility, and the Georgia players are noted for that. Uh, They do have a great deal of leadership on and off the field. I like Rice because he can play special teams. He can blitz. Um, Maybe maybe not the most refined linebacker when it comes to coverage, but again, if he's studying under some of these guys like a Dante Hightower, there's plenty on the, uh, the tape in order for him to be able to stand out a little bit. So overall, I thought you did a, a great job, uh, and I liked this draft. Uh, was there a particular pick here that stood out to you above the rest when you look at your mock draft 1.0? Um, you know, it's, I, I, you kind of stole my thunder with Monty Rice because, you know, know, because I, I really like Monty Rice and I look at him as a guy that, you know, I'm not sure that Bill Belichick really is going to like a Monty Rice. And I'm thinking that, you know, where they talk about, you know, the Patriots evolving their draft strategy after, you know, not really uh, having great success the last few years, although last year is looking, um, you know, pretty strong right now. And and those players could take a big step forward and that draft could really grow. Um, But, you know, that lighter linebacker, you know, you, you always see Belichick looking for those big linebackers. And that goes back to, you know, um, you know, the 1970s when he was with the Colts, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he he wants those 260 pound linebackers out there that are going to stop the run first. And if you get somebody that's athletic enough to drop, like we've seen, you know, Rob Ninkovich with that state, uh, sneaky athleticism, uh, Mike Vrabel, you know, I, I mean, look at, um, Teddy Bruschi, you know, a third down pass rusher who evolved into a middle linebacker and made so many plays and coverage over the years as well. Um, so, you know, that that big, big linebacker, you know, there's a need for that. But the, 
there's got to be some adaptation as well. And, and I think Monty Rice could be part of that. He's, he's much lighter than the usual Patriot linebacker. But, you know, being able to have that speed and athleticism, which the defense lacks sometimes, especially in the front seven, you know, just getting more of that speed on the field. You see, you know, the teams that stress with the speed. And, and Kansas City is a great example of that on offense where, you know, when you're respecting that speed, it's just a whole other dimension to that offense. And, and being able to defend that and having speed on defense, that's where the Patriots really need to uh, get some extra <laughs> energy there uh, on both sides of the ball. So I was a little bit reaching on that one outside of the, outside of the Belichick ball. Box, but um, I thought I thought he was a good fit there, and uh, right before him as well, I had Ambry Thomas, cornerback out of Michigan. Again, not a, a big cornerback. He's no uh, Joe Juan Williams. He's no you know, Stephon Gilmore. He doesn't have that ideal size that Belichick looks for at that position, um, and which is needed in today's game. But but he's really a you know a smaller cornerback can play inside at nickel cornerback and. And that can be a, a need coming up as well uh, because Jonathan Jones is nearing the end of his contract as well, and he can be a free agent soon as well. So after this year, um, you know, cornerback is a position that the Patriots really need to uh, start stockpiling some players now and getting them coached up and ready to go for 2022. Absolutely. And Pats fans, Hal is dropping the knowledge today for sure, bringing awareness to some players that we haven't mentioned too much here on the pod. We're not done yet, folks, because Hal has done it again, a second mock draft for full press Patriots. And Hal is at it again with the trade machine, filling needs on the roster and just doing all kinds of great things for their favorite team in Foxborough. Where did Hal take us in the sequel? Find out when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked on listeners, football on the field might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing. It's the perfect time to put your prognostication skills to the test, and if you do, there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. But BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They give you real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Simply put, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, all the scores, and all the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and you know what makes it even better? It's free to sign up. Head over to their website, BetOnline.ag today, or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action. Head over to BetOnline.ag today, sign up, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On listeners, April 19th through the 26th, listen to the ultimate mock draft 2021, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. And, of course, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D. 
A-C-Y. Patriots fans, Hal Ben of Full Press Coverage and BostonSportPage.com joins us today, lending a little midweek mock draft wisdom and counsel. And Hal, in the previous segment, we broke down your mock draft 1.0. You made some trades, addressing some needs, and of course, the crown jewel of that mock being wideout Jamar Chase. Well, folks, Hal isn't a one-and-done guy. He gave us a sequel, and this time... He followed a little bit of a familiar pattern. He did go to the wide receiver well once again, this time selecting Alabama wideout Devontae Smith, who, believe it or not, is actually making the rounds on Twitter today as a potential Patriot. Your timing, Hal, could not be more impeccable. Great job on that, bud. But I think you also got some great second-round value in uh, one of uh, Devontae's teammates, uh, offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood, another Bama guy. And... Again, I think him being there at number 46 actually might be a bit wishful thinking. I know he's not overly projected, but Leatherwood to me is one of those players that just screams football guys get it. Maybe not so much as the the draft experts get it, but hand in the dirt football guys get it. And I think he's going to be off the board by this point. But if he's there at 46, I would love this value. Uh, I like Leatherwood more each time I watch him. Good strength as a run blocker, has the length for pass protection, he can project as a tackle or a guard. So versatility, maybe, again, you put so eloquently in this draft that maybe a little bit of training under Camp Scar with Carmen Brasillo <laughs> and Cole Popovich doing uh, his work might be just what Alex Weatherwood needs in the pros to really uh, vault him into that next level. Again, I really like him the more I see him. I'm surprised he hasn't got the love that he's. I think he deserves in this draft. But you also had two repeat appearances from your first mock draft. Uh, Ambry Thomas, who you mentioned in the previous segment, cornerback out of Michigan, and Stone Forsythe, uh, offensive lineman out of uh, Florida. You mentioned him as a potential Camp Scar candidate as well. So, um, how, if I'm being honest, I broke with movie predict, uh, tradition. I like the sequel better than the original. I thought 2.0 <laughs> was solid in so many ways. But walk us through the process of your second approach and which were your favorite picks in this draft. I mean, um, again, same kind of approach here as with 1.0, but um, trying to learn from some of my, I don't know if I'd call them mistakes or, uh, you know, criticisms I've received as well. (laughs) But um, again, this was a a quick quarterbacks off the board. uh, When I ran the mock, um, one, two, three, four, boom, 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 no surprises there. Um, My only question was, am I going to trade up to try to, uh, get Mac Jones and I'm you know I'm not really a Mac Jones believer I think he's a solid second round quarterback I don't I'm not sure I put him in that top tier with the uh, you know the first four I mean Lawrence head and shoulders and then you know uh, Wilson and Lance and Fields who's my favorite I, I mean I think Fields if he gets past the Jets at number two could be somebody that we're looking at in three or four years um, you know kind of like Mahomes or um, you know Watson and saying how how did they not draft him that high who who kept passing on this guy so and again I'm just going to put my disclaimer up here as well um you know I was all aboard um the Sam Darnold train a few years ago so we've seen how that works out so take my <laughs> comments here with a little grain of salt once I get on quarterbacks um Devonta Smith I would love to see him dropping to 15 I still don't think he's um, 
you know, going to drop to the Patriots at 15. Uh, that may require a trade-up to get there to him. Um, you know, more more likely than not, he's he's not going to be there at 15, just like Jamar Chase in the previous mock draft, and and certainly many times that we've I've run these mock drafts. Um, you know, this one um, I just use the uh, the PFN mock draft because I feel that's a little more accurate than the PFF. Um, mock draft as well and there's many many more out there but i think those two are the are the top ones to run and i as i say in the introduction i can't make the picks for all 32 teams i'm trying to wrap my head around belichick's draft strategy i can't do 31 other general managers i don't know how these writers do it sometimes (laughs) it just amazes me um but yeah so so some trade downs i mean one of my favorite players in the draft um in 2.0 2.0 I grabbed at number 120 was Tutu Atwell, another wide receiver out of Louisville. Um, I mean, this is a, a gadget guy with incredible speed. He's small. He's only five foot eight. He's only 155 pounds. And I think that's, uh, you know, going to have a lot of teams are just going to have him off their board because of that size. But but the speed, the 4.35, uh, he ran in the 40. The three cone drill that probably had Bill Belichick sit up at attention. Um, <laughs> both came up excellent, and uh, you know that athleticism, that speed, you know running jet sweeps, screen passes, all of these things that we see that the the Patriots offense needs. You know pressuring that second level of the defense. Um, it's just so vital for this team and to be able to get somebody in round four with that kind of talent. Um, I, I just couldn't say no to him. He was just, just too exciting um, to pass up there at that point. Um, so, yeah. And, 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 you know, like I said, there's a lot, a lot of value in this draft and, and part of the, the fun with the value is, you know, it's very deep, um, skill positions, cornerback and wide receiver, especially there's a lot of depth in that 50 to 150 range. And the other fun thing is that, you know, for all of these mock drafts and everybody, you know, making their selections and thinking about who's going to be here and who's going to be there, we really don't have any real idea more so than a usual year because of the craziness of last season with the pandemic. And, you know, we had, you know, schools that weren't playing, schools that played one game, um, you know, abbreviated seasons, players opting out. So some of these guys, you know, we're looking at them and saying, oh, yeah, we don't have a lot of tape on them. Or, you know, they only played 13 games in their college career and we're projecting them into the first round. So um, I think things are really going to get crazy in that range. And, and you're going to see a lot of uh, teams moving up and moving down and, and, you know, reacting to the board more so than usual, just because there's so much uncertainty and, you know, I think you're going to see one of those drafts where 32 teams walk out of it and every one of them says, oh, my God, I can't believe player X was available for us there in the third round or, you know, um, because I I think there's just going to be so much variance um, in where everyone has everyone ranked. And, you know, you're going to find, you know, a lot of good players who were underdrafted uh, coming out of these out of the draft this year more so than usual just because the, the lack of tape the lack of the combine um, you know it's 
it just, you know, makes something that's chaotic and hit and miss to begin with, you know, even, even an extra dose of chaos in there. Yeah, without question. And Bill Belichick alluded to that last week when he spoke to the media, Ben Volan of the Boston Globe, asking the question about truncated seasons, uh, there not being a whole lot of film on guys. And Bill acknowledged that the 2019 film really is going to be more of a measuring stick than it would have been in previous years, because in a lot of cases, that's all we have to go on with these guys. So excellent uh, analysis, Hal, and uh, definitely uh, you know spot on when it comes to that. I definitely liked Mock Draft 2.0 a little bit better. It sounds like you might be agreeing with me, bud. But uh, oh, yes. last but certainly not least, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job unless I pointed out a plot twist here, folks. Um, you've alluded <laughs> to this a little bit in your response, especially in this segment. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a chance to expound upon that a little bit. You pointed out quarterback as being a pretty big need of position for the Pats. In neither installment, and so far, folks, I'm not saying that, you know, Hal's done because I have a feeling Hal is not done yet. I'm going to let him tell you about that in a minute, too. But neither of your mocks have the Pats addressing the quarterback position, not just trading up to get their quarterback of the future, but not addressing it at all. Um, Was this a matter of the player you wanting just not being available? Or is this come down to the player's potential value? of those that were available just either not being worth the trade-up capital or the value at the picks the Patriots currently have? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. I mean, I don't think the Patriots are going to, you know, trade up to the number four pick and be able to get a quarterback. I just don't see it in Bill Belichick's DNA to, you know, to hamstring two future drafts because, let's face it, it's going to take, you know, the, the price is set by San Francisco. It's three number ones, basically, to get up to uh, the top five of this draft for a quarterback. So I, I just can't see Belichick doing that. Um, you know, th- one of the weaknesses of, you know, the automated mock draft is I didn't think the trades were putting that quarterback tax when I did trade up in, in previous mock book drafts that I just ran and didn't publish. Um, and I, I just said, that's not realistic. I can't do that and say, Hey, you know, two, two first round picks or a first and a second got me up to a quarterback. That's just not realistic. So um, I said, I'm just going to take that right off the table for these mock drafts that um, go out on full press coverage here, because I, I, you know, I didn't want it to, to come off as unbelievable where I didn't believe that those results could actually happen in any way, shape, or form. So so that was a big part of it. And, you know, part of it is the value as well. I was looking at it as saying, you know, if I can accumulate more picks in the 50 to 150 range, um, whether it's trading down or and then jumping back up later, um, that that's where a lot of the focus is because I think that's the smart play in this draft is to to take as many swings as you can in that range just because of the talent there. Um, it's deep and it's a little hit or miss. It, there's going to be some swings and misses there. So the more shots that you have, the more bites of the apple, the better chance you're going to have for success. So um, 
but specific to the quarterback. So the first four were off the board in both mock drafts. Uh, no chance for the Patriots to get that tier one quarterback. I don't consider Mac Jones a tier one quarterback. I wasn't going to move up with any draft capital to grab him. Um, 2.0, the Bears jumped ahead and grabbed Mac Jones. Uh, 1.0, he was off in the top 10. So it was like, mm, good luck to you there with that. Um, and then that second tier, um, you know, that's a that's an interesting group of quarterbacks. Um, you know, like I said, there was there was a chance um, in 1.0 that I had one of the quarterbacks had fallen down, and um, there was an option to take him, and it wasn't really the you know. <laughs> Out of that second tier, I don't look at it as a second tier. I, I'm big on Kellen Mond. He's got the tape. He's played. He's got a big arm. He's, you know, certainly not a first-round prospect, but he's developmental, um, has the tools to fit, and I think if there was anybody I was going to take from that group, it would be Mond, and it wasn't him that was available, uh, wasn't able to trade up. So for me, uh, those first two mock drafts, unfortunately, as much as I wanted a quarterback and as much as it was the need, um, it just didn't work out that way. Um, now, will it in mock draft 3.0 coming soon? Uh, you'll have to come down with a full press coverage to read that and find out, though. <laughs> Folks, I love it. That's what's called a teaser, and he did exactly what I wanted him to do. No, all kidding aside, Hal, uh, your insight when it comes to these mock drafts is phenomenal, folks. You're just scratching the surface when it comes to Hal's insight. Again, check out his great work at fullpresscoverage.com slash patriots. But before I let you go, bud, in your estimation, please let everyone know, all of our followers here on Locked On Patriots, where they can catch more of your work and what you have coming on the on the horizon in the coming days and really hours now leading up to the draft can't say weeks anymore bud we got to go by hours now That's right. um, and uh, and what we can uh, expect from uh, from your great pet my friend all right so yeah so uh fullpresscoverage.com full cut uh patriots um definitely that's where my mock drafts are going to be um a spillover always in the boston sport page.com i'm on twitter at at halbent01. Um, direct all your angry comments to me there. Keep them coming. I've been loving them. I appreciate you uh, reading and um, even the not so nice comments. I'm just happy you're reading. So thank you and, and thank you as always for the feedback. <laughs> Extremely um, diplomatic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, for, for all of the people that don't like trade downs, you might want to cover your eyes and just scroll through the beginning of Mock Draft 3.0 is all I'm going to say um, because uh, my inner Belichick was raging on this one. And uh, <laughs> I'm hoping it's, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, 2.0 is the Empire Strikes Back. You know, I, I, I you know, the, the sequel may have surpassed the original there, but um, I'm really hoping this one isn't going to be the return of the Jedi. So, <laughs> I <want it> to <laughs> be, you know, the, I'm hoping that there's no Ewoks in this draft, please. You know. <laughs> 
Anytime you can end on a Star Wars reference, I'm sure our listeners love it. I love it on a personal level. And folks, again, you can check out Hal's great work. Don't miss Mock Draft 3.0 coming soon. In the meantime, my friends, stay safe, stay well. We look forward to having you back here post-draft on Locked On Patriots. We'll break it all down, what the Patriots did, and whether we agree with the picks at the top, at the bottom, in between, any trades. That's all part of the fun of it. And we're just scratching the surface when it comes to draft coverage here on Locked On Patriots. But Hal, thank Thanks again for joining me today. And again, we look forward to talking ball with you here really soon on Locked On Patriots. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mike, for the opportunity. My pleasure. Pleasure is all mine, my friend. Patriots fans, just like that, we are more than halfway through your work week, but fear not, because we've only scratched the surface when it comes to the great Patriots coverage we still have in store for you here on the pod. Tomorrow, I'll share my thoughts on what I had in store for the Patriots at Pick 15 in the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. We'll also be talking a great deal of Julian Edelman, who was on the Pardon My Take podcast and had a lot of interesting things to say. We'll be breaking Edelman down with one of his biggest fans and a very special guest tomorrow. So, to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action, follow the Locked On Patriots podcast on platforms such as the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure that you are staying locked in to Locked On Patriots. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank Hal Bent for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, always be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.